Hey guys, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. Today we are on episode 49 and we're going to be discussing Genesis 22 through 27 with our wonderful friend, Hannah Cock. Hi friends and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. All right, we have with us our first repeat guest. Woohoo! Yeah, so we just we think Hannah is so awesome and puts um, so much of her time and energy into getting to know the Lord, and she's going to bless us with some of that knowledge today. We're going to cover a lot of stuff today, and um, so where are we going to start, Hannah? We are going to start in Genesis 22 and then work our way through Genesis 27, Whew. kind of the life of Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we're just coming off of learning about Abraham. And so as you know, if you've been listening along with us, we're going um, all the way through Genesis and this will put us right at halfway, Whoa. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. That went fast. Yeah. So um, what do you want to give us a little heads up before we dive in? Yeah. So um, I kind of think it's always good before you even start to know what are the themes of these books. Mm-hmm. But before we even talk about themes, I want to remind that so often when we read our scriptures, we're reading to learn about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important, especially in these kind of stories, to learn what does this tell me about God? Yeah. So when I was pulling up Amen. my themes, yeah, when I was <laughs> pulling out my themes, that's kind of what I focused on. So there's quite a few and I'll kind of highlight them as they come up in the in the reading. So first, we're going to see that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. We're going to see that God will fulfill his promises even when it seems impossible. We'll see that God simply desires us to be willing to be willing. And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but we'll kind of dive into that. And then uh, God will even use our worst sins to redeem, work, and fulfill his plans. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. These are some of the themes that we've seen already all the way through Genesis leading mm-hmm. up to this point. So it's awesome to see um, just from a different perspective, drawing the same themes yeah. about God. Mm-hmm. Continuity, too. Yes. These are going to be themes for a while if you were to keep going. So Yes. So uh, I believe it was one of y'all or maybe the podcast posted on Facebook, what stories do you love about Genesis? And Mm -hmm. I actually hopped on and I said, oh my goodness, I just did, got to teach a little sermon on Genesis 22. And I'm so excited to get to kind of jump in here. So I feel like this starts Isaac. I know it's a lot about Abraham, but it starts off Isaac in a really cool way. But first kind of want to tell you how it grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, um, I'm in residency at, at our church, which is a very intense program and I'm working really hard or so I'm telling God. And I was talking with a friend and she said, Hey, are you making space for daily quiet time? And I said, well, no, but you know, all these things that I'm doing and, and God convicted me on that. I said, okay, God, fine. I'll get up before my child, which as you know, is mm-hmm. major sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I will get up before my child and I will open my scriptures. And on the very first day I did this, he took me to Genesis 22, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm opening it and I'm telling God, hey, God, okay, now I'm sacrificing everything. Now I'm giving you residency, my life, and sleep to do this. And he was like, hey, remember how I told you you need to be working out? <laughs> and I was like, ooh, but I'm already giving you everything, but okay, maybe. So, um, 
the, after reading 22, I thought, okay, yeah, I can go ahead and sacrifice one more thing. So I did, and I went to Camp Gladiator, and my first day at Camp Gladiator, they had us doing this awful move called the Iron Cross, which, if you'll just imagine laying on the ground in a cross position and then lifting the extremities mm. just barely up, oh. very hard, and holding it for a very long time. Mm. And as I'm there, I remember telling God once again, hey, God, now this is everything. I am in pain. I am exhausted. I am giving you everything. I, and I will never forget, it was almost audible what he said to me. And he said, you think you've sacrificed it all. Mm. And that kind of hit me. And then he was like, sit down, be humble, and listen for a minute. And he said, I gave my life for you when, when you don't deserve it. Mm. I will always be the truer and better sacrifice. Wow. So why don't you just be willing to be willing to sacrifice more? Mm. Mm. Right. So that was a really big thing for me. What did it mean to be willing to be willing? And as I dove into where we're going to start in 22, Abraham, his faith was really just because he was willing to be willing. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a really cool thing. So the main themes of 22 that we focus on is that like he desires us to be willing to be willing. And also we're going to see how Abraham and Isaac's story just points us canonically forward to Jesus mm-hmm. as the substitutionary sacrifice. So what what does all that mean? Substitutionary sacrifice is is in place of. Mm-hmm. And that had not been a thing before this story. So what we now know to be just so normal as a right. part of our walk, mm-hmm. they, that, that wasn't ever heard of. So it's a pretty mm-hmm. cool story. So just a quick recap um, that, that Abraham has been promised these things from God. So he has been given these three promises. Y'all heard about that last week. So we're kind of going to just jump right in. Um, so first, God tests Abraham, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. a weird thing for many people. Um, yeah, I think it's a good thing to note, too. Like, there's a difference between testing and tempting, right? Mm-hmm. It tells us uh, in James 1.13, Let no one say when he is tempted that I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So we have to remind ourselves that God's not tempting Abraham here, but he is testing him because, you know, it also says in James that we are tested to produce perseverance and steadfastness mm-hmm. so that our faith can be complete. Yeah. Yeah. I like in my study Bible, it says God tests his, sta- his saints, his saints <laughs> to prove the quality of their faith and obedience, often through adversity or hardship. The Hebrew word here does not mean enticed to do wrong. Mm, that's so I like that. Yeah. I think if that's something you're really interested in, that Job's a really cool yeah. kind of deeper mm-hmm. dive into that topic. Mm-hmm. So that's good. OK, so verse I'm going to r- I'm going to read a little bit from this chapter because it's just so rich. So verse two says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So at this point, if you all will remember, Abraham has just cast out Ishmael. So at this point, Isaac feels like his only son. Mm -hmm. It is the only way that these promises are going to happen. And I love here that whom you love is the first time love is used Mm. in the scriptures. And I think it's especially cool that it's in reference to a father and a son. Mm. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's an accident. So uh, this land of Moriah is important. We'll see later on. This is actually where Solomon's going to build the temple if you look forward to 2 Chronicles. So Mm -hmm. this is a a land of importance to God. There's a reason that he sent him there. And then the last thing that I kind of want to hit from that verse is that whenever he's saying a burnt offering, some people like to 
downplay the faith here and say, oh, well, maybe he didn't think Isaac was going to die. But at this time, a burnt offering was that they would first be sacrificed and then consumed by fire. Mm -hmm. So there was no doubt that 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 was going to have to be what was going to happen there. So Abraham was was walking in faith. So I love uh, we see that he immediately obeys. Mm -hmm. And then um, verse three, it says on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. So third day again. Mm-hmm. A lot of significance there if we look forward to Jesus. Yeah. Um, so so Abraham then goes up on the mountain with Isaac the next few verses. Isaac asks where this lamb is for the burnt offering because usually they're going to take something to sacrifice. And, right. and Isaac probably starts going, um, excuse me, why are we doing all this work and we don't have the animal? I don't want to go back, you know. I'm sure they were a little lazy like us, right? <laughs> like, where, where is this animal, Dad? Um, and so Abraham tells him God's going to provide. And so th- this kind of points forward to what God will ultimately provide. But I love, I try to put myself in how they were, where they don't know that any of this is pointing forward. Right. Just right. living in that moment, what immense faith that would have required. And even like looking back, we can see now, we know what's going to happen in this story because we've read it yeah. so many times, but they truly just had to have that faith. Mm-hmm. Wow. Love it. I love it. Okay, so we're going to pick up now in verse 9, and I'm just going to read this. It says, When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. So picture his son is literally laying ready to be sacrificed. Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. So I like to just pause because I think there's a lot of questions when you read this moment, especially for those of us that are mamas. Mm. How could Abraham sacrifice his son? And especially because wouldn't that go against the promise that God had just made, Mm. this promise of a great nation and offspring and all of those things. And so how does that work? And Abraham reconciles this promise in, I think, just a really exciting way. So in Hebrews 11, it talks about that Abraham believed even if he had to go through. So as he's holding that knife, even if he brought that knife down, that God was so powerful that he would bring his son back to life. Mm -hmm. Which he had never seen happen before. That's what I was thinking. I mean, this was before Lazarus, right? Right. Like He hadn't seen this happen. Right. So the amount of, I mean... Um, it's not blind faith, but if it feels like blind feels faith, right? like you've never it. seen yeah. this. Yeah. So Abraham trusted in the promise maker more than the promise itself, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't stop trusting just because it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that so often for us, if all of a sudden the promise doesn't make sense, we're going to sin to mm-hmm. get that promise mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. saying, okay, God, you made this promise wow. and I put my trust and my faith and my hope in you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just move forward in obedience. Yeah. It goes back to what we've seen Abraham do before, right? When God promised him that he would have a son. And he's like, this seems humanly mm-hmm. impossible. So but he tried then, to make it happen on his own. Uh-huh. So hopefully he learned his lesson. <laughs> I guess so. At least at least we can feel a little bit more human than he <laughs> just true. right out of the gate yeah. go into this that's obedience. True. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> and his and so that's that's a great point to bring up too is that Abraham's faith in the promise maker came both from reflecting on his mistake in the past, but mm-hmm. also from reflecting on God's faithfulness in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we all were to pause and think God has been faithful throughout our whole life, so mm-hmm. there's no reason for us to need to go around that mm-hmm. to make it happen on our own. So I love that. So, so what we see if we kind of keep going is that the angel of the Lord, as he's got this, this knife raised, he stops him. And, and 
people might say, well, why did God intervene instead of having him follow through? And and I think that's a really hard question, right? How much more powerful if he had killed him and brought him back to life? Well, we now know he was saving that for Jesus, mm, right? Mm-hmm, that, yeah. that big redemption. But also, God really only cares about the hearts, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't need Abraham to follow through because he could know Abraham and know exactly he that, that he was to going to follow it. through on mm-hmm. it. There was no doubt. There was no pause. There was no hesitation. He was going to come right back down. Yeah. And he didn't need that. I think that's really good. And I, I love just this is sometimes little words stick out to us, mm-hmm. right, as we're reading. Yeah. This is something that stuck out to me. Maybe we can kind of hash this out on the fly here. But when God is telling him to stop, he says, for I know now that you fear God. No. So what, why do you think it says instead of saying you have faith? You know, because what we see all along is that, does he have faith? Does he have faith? So we're talking all about his faith. But God doesn't say, I see now that you have faith in me, or I see now that you believe me. But he says, I see that you fear God. I think it comes down to, we were talking this past weekend a lot about this at a conference Aaron and I went to, but it comes down to that just awe and reverence Mm -hmm. and just this this respect and just standing in awe of who God is. Mm -hmm. And he knew that that's where Abraham's heart is. Right. He was like reoriented right yes, so he yes. he is now ba- he's in the right space when he's thinking of God and when he's thinking of himself mm-hmm. right because I yeah. think you can have faith in God but that doesn't necessarily mean you're positioning yourself in right. a place of humility underneath him and mm-hmm. knowing that you know he is the ultimate and whatever he his will is he is going to be done and mm-hmm. you get to be a part of that but in order to fear him like you're saying have a reverence and awe for him rightly orients you yes. back under him so mm-hmm. that word fear just stuck out to me because we usually yeah, think fear is like a a horrible thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he's saying in this case. He's right. saying you have rightly oriented yeah. yourself um, and your heart is rightly oriented. And we see that all throughout the Bible mm-hmm. that we're supposed to fear God, yeah. which mm-hmm. gets confusing because we hear verses that say, you know, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Do not. And we, Perfect we love cast out fear. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's like Aaron said, this awe and this reverence and, and positioning ourselves rightly and being humble before God. We should do a whole episode on fear. Yeah. yeah. Should. Good idea. Well, you know what else <laughs> is really cool about that point is that, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom. wisdom. And so here's what's kind of cool is that he did not have to be wise mm. first. He didn't mm. have to oh, know everything yeah. about God mm-hmm. to, to, to f- trust and to mm-hmm. act in obedience. And I think we like to wait. Well, I want to make sure I know God yeah. real well, and then I'll put my trust in him. Mm. And what's kind of cool is he feared the Lord without really knowing mm. how this was all going to unplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? We now know that God's going to come through every time. But again, Abraham is so early on right. yeah. in right. this yeah. story. So I love that, that whole piece of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, and then in that, so we're going to kind of keep moving forward here. But in that moment, God provided a substitutionary sacrifice through a ram. So this is the first that we're going to see in Scripture that leads to the ultimate sacrifice of Christ himself. So, again, this had never happened before, this idea of something else in place of. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. rather than Isaac, he provides just out of nowhere, I think. Yeah. I didn't know, see, read anything otherwise. It just appears yeah. this ram that he was able to to sacrifice in place of Isaac for God. And this is going to be a major, major moment, right, mm-hmm. in the scriptures later on that they don't even know yet. Mm. And at that point, so the angel, it's, it's kind of cool, the angel that's the messenger for the Lord in this, he swears. And, and it says tells us in Hebrews 6 that the swear gives it a special authority from oh. God. So before this promise that we saw back in uh, chapter 12, mm-hmm. God was promising. Mm-hmm. That doesn't dismiss that he those promises were real. But at this point, this swear gives it a special authority. And God's telling you, no, because of of 
what you've done, these promises are going to become unconditional now Mm -hmm. as a result of your faithfulness Mm -hmm. and moving forward. God will continue to bless not only Israel, but also us today. Mm. So this was a big moment Mm -hmm. where this changed from a conditional promise Mm -hmm. to a, no, this is lifelong. I'm here whether whether you're going to do this or not, which wow. I think is a big moment that we read past right. so quickly. Yeah, I've never heard sure. that about the square. Uh, I learned something this weekend at that conference um, that out of all of the covenants, that um, only the Mosaic covenant is conditional. Mm. The rest of them are unconditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know this. Fun. Fun fact. Love fun yeah. facts about <laughs> yeah. scriptures, right? So to kind of wrap that up in a nice little bow of 22 before we kind of keep moving into Isaac. So when Abraham was willing to sacrifice it all, when it didn't make sense, his testament of faith was and will continue to be a blessing to the world. Mm. So I kind of want to pause here and ask ask you listening to say, what is call, what has God called you to surrender and sacrifice to reveal your faith in him? Mm. Right. So that's the first step. Where does he want you to be willing to be willing? But on on top of that, or in addition to that, it's how can you bless the world with your faith, even when it doesn't make sense? Mm. So that's kind of a fun little. It's fun. I think that'll be a fun discussion point in our little Facebook group. For sure. Cool. I like that. that. Okay, so we're going to just keep going because there's a whole lot of chapters of Isaac. So when we move into 23 and 24, if you're someone that kind of likes to know what are the themes of this next section, Mm -hmm. we're going to really see that God is sovereign even in the little details. Mm -hmm. So I like that, you know, the things that we wouldn't think mattered. God went, no, 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 I'm going to get this. Don't worry. Yep. So we love that. We love that, like looking through genealogy and mm -hmm. stuff. It's awesome. It's so important. So just quickly, chapter 23, Sarah, Abraham's wife, passes, and Abraham buys a portion of, um, is it Hebron? I don't know. I can't pronounce Bible. Hebron. Hebron. Sure, that sounds better. I don't know. We'll go with that. Uh, He he (laughs) bought some land in in Canaan, actually, what will become Canaan, uh, to bury her. And so this is a big moment for what we'll see looking forward to this land, which was part of the promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very important because now his descendants are associated with the land Mm -hmm. here. Mm-hmm. which will be really big. So we're going to kind of keep going to 24. So the next part of the story, if if we're going to have a great nation, right, you have to have a wife. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of necessary. It's, it's important. <laughs> yeah, God thought so. So we got to find Isaac a wife. And this first challenge is not only just to find a wife that he liked, but someone that worshiped the Lord. Because if not, the woman... And as we see, actually, a lot in scriptures, women can kind of the pull mm-hmm. pull away, right? Yep. So the woman, if she wasn't worshiping the Lord, could turn her children's heart away from the Lord and the mm-hmm. salvation mm-hmm. and the promises would be ruined, right? So we, so how they go about this, I think, is so interesting. Huh. Where um, Abraham sends one of his servants to find the wife, and before the servant goes, he starts to question, says, "Well, what if she doesn't want to come?" Which mm-hmm. I think is valid. I I'm thought that question. was so interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like in this time, right, it wasn't like she would have really had an option. Like, did women have that many rights during this time? I don't know. I feel like as we read through this story, I mean, I feel like they do give I Rebecca some I was, like, really of, pleasantly surprised yeah, by this yeah. story. I mean, if someone came to me and said, come, I want you to marry someone, I'd probably have some questions. <laughs> so I, just a few. Who is this guy? <laughs> but we have to go back to that time, right? Yes. yes. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool way that he did it. And I love Abraham's response. And he reminds the servant that God promised an offspring. Mm-hmm. So he's going to provide a mm-hmm. wife. Yeah, again, it's a we necessary just see part. This, yeah. this this fact that this is no longer conditional. God yeah. is going to follow through. I really yeah. liked about this part too that Abraham was so gracious. 
right? I feel like mm-hmm. with he could have just been like, go do it. What is yeah. wrong with you? But he was so gracious and patient, just mm-hmm. like God is with us when we have questions, yeah. mm-hmm. right? He's like kind, and he says, well, this will happen. And and if it doesn't, like if God's say, saying this isn't how it's going to happen, then you don't have to do it, right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. good job, Abraham. So, so then the servant asks his question, and then faithfully obeys, which has got to be God, right? Because mm-hmm. how often do we hear one answer and go, okay, yeah, now right? I'm good. So the God's hand was in this for sure. So the servant prays for guidance. And so this led me to think, how often when we're doubtful or when we have questions, do we stop and invite Holy Spirit in to guide us, to help us in the unknown or mm-hmm. the uncomfortable or the hard? I think we're too hyper-focused on our own feelings mm-hmm. to pause and say, let me just pray. Yeah. I like that hyper focus term yeah. because I've been going through some just kind of tough stuff and that's what my mind feels like. It feels like it's like hyper. Like, like you can't mm-hmm. stop thinking about the one thing. Focus. To think about anything else. Yes. Yeah. And so even having like bringing myself down from those heightened emotions mm-hmm. to focus enough to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help. Like it's hard. It's it hard. So I think that is an awesome example. It's hard. And something that I've learned a lot this year just through deep diving into scriptures is this idea of shotgun praying. Mm-hmm. I always thought, okay, you have to go to a place and then you have to make space mm-hmm. and, or maybe it could be in the car, but there needs to be a good amount of time. And I loved it. I saw this in Nehemiah where it's just instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Hey God, let me have you come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this is kind of what we see here. The service is like, Hey, I'm going to pray real quick and then I'm going to do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. What's also cool is that he prays and Rebecca appears and not only does she appear, but she does the exact yeah. thing. That he had prayed to God for. I love it. I love it. I, mean, I swear, this is another example of how God has a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's like, she said <laughs> word for camels. word. And the funny thing is, like, he still says, well, I don't know. Like, it's good that he went back in prayer and to, yeah. to like, yeah. clarify. But it was like, he did, she did exactly word for word what you asked her to do. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. And then not only did he go to prayer to make sure it was okay, but what I noted was that he went to give the glory to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so in these moments, maybe you're someone that's better than me and you're good at inviting the Holy Spirit in for guidance, but when it goes your way, mm-hmm. don't you just say, oh, look at what I did. Yeah. If it goes wrong, you're blaming God. First, or God, where were you in this? But if it goes right... It's all me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I love that he he just gave the glory to God. And I think in this moment, we have these times in our lives where you say, oh, my goodness, this can't be anything but God. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she said exactly what he had prayed for. Yeah. Yeah. I love that phrase. We see it repeated a few times throughout here. Steadfast love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which comes from the word hesed. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just I love that phrase because we don't necessarily understand that in humanly terms. Mm-hmm. Like to us love a lot of times even though we wouldn't say it's conditional we have a hard time grasping that unconditional love but God's just reminding them uh, through these through his prayers that steadfast love steadfast love and I just I love that phrase Mm -hmm. love it so we're gonna see Rebecca's brother use some some really great discernment to say you know what this is of God and Mm -hmm. and and I can't go against God's will so you need to go and sends Rebecca. And then this is just a fun little romantic thing. But in verse 63, Isaac's the first one to see his wife when she comes yes. back. I like that too. And I, I like that. First sight. It. It it's biblical, okay, you guys? Yes. It happens. <laughs> I've read Not it necessarily sev- for me, but it happens. <laughs> I've read it several times in the past few weeks. And every time I just like get goosebumps. Isn't and I'm like, cute? they're meeting. It's they're so meeting. sweet. I love it. Yeah. And I, I mean, this it. is a pinnacle moment too. If Isaac doesn't have a wife. Mm-hmm. Right. We're done. Right. The book, it would end there, but it yes. doesn't. So I liked to in verse 60 where that, that promise and they blessed Rebecca, not a promise, sorry, blessing over Rebecca. It says, mm-hmm. our sister, may you become thousands of 10,000s and may mm-hmm. your offspring possess, 
the gate of those who hate him. And I thought it, it echoes, right? It echoes yeah. the promise to Abraham that God's reminding them that he's going to be faithful. And it reminds me too of just the fact that it goes all the way back, if you think about it, all the way back to Adam and Eve, right? Be fruitful and multiply oh, and yeah. have dominion. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the same phrase. We heard mm-hmm. it again, like through Abraham. And then now again, be fruitful and multiply thousands and ten thousands yep. and may your offspring prese- possess the gate. So have dominion and be fruitful and mm-hmm. multiply. I noticed that too when, when reading through and listening through this over and over mm-hmm. those things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's introducing Rebecca. And if we're going to kind of go forward, these next couple chapters are going to be God fulfilling his promises even when it seems impossible, mm-hmm. which this we still see this today. Again, we've seen this a lot in Scripture. This is just a good picture of that. So to kind of summarize, start starting working through it, Abraham dies, and even though he has, they, they mention a few other children, it's very clear that Isaac is the heir to everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, we learn of Ishmael's descendants. That's also mentioned in this chapter. And then the storyline really just shifts to focus, and Isaac's going to become kind of the main the main picture here. And something that was really interesting that I saw a lot is Isaac and Abraham's mirroring one another Mm. in a lot of things. And so the first Mm -hmm. introduction, or I'm sure there were more, but the first thing I picked up on was that uh, Rebecca, like Sarah, is also barren, Mm -hmm. which is crazy when the promise is Mm -hmm. blessings. And part of me think that was, well, obviously it was intentional, but I think that was especially intentional to show, listen, the only way mm-hmm. that this happened is because of God. Yes. So I had to make it to where you couldn't mm-hmm. have it work out on your own. Yep. And so uh, in response to Isaac's human action of prayer, God granted them children. And I, this is this is not directly related to this, but God's just talking to me through this verse, and I've really been excited about Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Mm-hmm. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. that's close, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but what I've learned in my study is that that's kind of telling us to come to God and ask humbly, mm-hmm. to seek with human action, mm-hmm. and to knock with perseverance. Mm. And and that's just kind of God's just been revealing that to me over and over. And I see here that that they were they were asking God, God fulfill these promises, but then Isaac took it a step further and said, "Okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to take human action here. I'm going to pray." Um, And I'm going to really invite God into this. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that if it hadn't happened right away, he was going to keep coming back Mm -hmm. because he knew that God's the promise maker. So I think that's a really cool. Yeah. I think we get, we have a hard time sometimes coming with prayers. We're like, do we pray and ask the Lord like, but only in your will God, or Mm -hmm. do we pray expectantly? Mm -hmm. Do we like, how far can we take that? And I think here we see, I mean, this is just my own inference, but it seems like he's really praying expectantly. Like you're Mm -hmm. saying with, he would be praying perseverance with perseverance, but also he knows God is a promise keeper and he knows Mm -hmm. this was promised. And Mm -hmm. so he's praying expectantly. And I Mm -hmm. think that word expectantly is kind of a hard one to grasp, it is. but I think it's a good place to kind of center yourself because obviously we want to pray all things, but his will be done, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we see Absolutely. Jesus pray in Matthew. And But to really pray expectantly, and I, I feel like I'm not explaining this well, but it's something that the Lord's been trying to teach me mm-hmm. too. It's like, pray With faith. expectantly. Yeah, yeah. Believing, believing in yes. your heart that it will be done. Yes. He will fulfill his promise. Not mm-hmm. one of those like, well, maybe, sort of, kind of. Yeah, with boldness. Yeah, with boldness. Yeah. yeah. And and that God, you have the Holy Spirit in me, and so mm-hmm. I have power mm-hmm. that if I just tapped into and trusted mm-hmm. that I could do this, mm-hmm. not me alone, it's right. the Holy Spirit right. in me, but I can do this. And sometimes I think, well, 
someone else who's more spiritual than mm-hmm. me will probably make this happen, but I'm going to throw my prayer into the mix because three prayers has got to be better than two, <laughs> right? And that's not truth. Mm. The truth yeah. is that we have power that we haven't even tapped into mm. yet because of our weak, weak faith. Mm. So, so I am praying for faith like Abraham and Isaac yes. these mm-hmm. days. That is yes. for sure. So, um, so he fulfills this promise of through the prayer and um, Rebecca becomes pregnant. And we learn in verse so just, you know, we're in chapter 25, verse 23. It says, the older will serve the younger, mm. which is very important at this time because this is completely countercultural. Mm-hmm. Being the firstborn son was everything at this time. And, and everyone knew that was who, who everyone else was going to serve. So they don't quite understand what that means yeah. in this moment. But the boys were already fighting with one another in the womb, mm. which that poor mama, right? Like, you I know, you like twin twins. Yes. Okay. This is a funny story. <laughs> so I had to go every two weeks to get ultrasounds mm-hmm. because I was high risk and all this other stuff. So one time we went in and we ha- had the like video up on the screen, you know, mm-hmm. watching the ultrasound and uh, Harper was kicking Abby in the face. <laughs> Sounds over about right. And over again, kicking <laughs> her in the face. And you could watch it on the screen. And I was like trying to like push <laughs> my belly, stop. like, stop, what are you doing? But How yeah. do you discipline in the womb, <laughs> yeah. right? That's not, there's not a book on that. <laughs> no, no. But I can relate to that. Two yeah. babies and fighting. Funny. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so when she goes to give birth to these fighting babies, the first one that comes out is, Esau, Esau. I never say it right. Esau, Esau, whatever. You know who we're talking about, right? So Esau. Um, And his name means hairy because he was very hairy. This is important (laughs) later on in the story. What a name, right? How would you like, I mean, I guess we do have people named Harry, but like for a different reason, right? (laughs) So anyways, (laughs) sorry, I'm going off track here. Focus. Bible. Jacob. So Jacob, Jacob's name means heel, which also has a really more important meaning, which is deceiver, because at the time, if someone was talking about grabbing the heel, it, mm-hmm. it meant they were deceiving you. Mm-hmm. And again, these two things are going to come into play much later, but I love this. I have a husband named Jacob and I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, your name means liar. So you better just watch <laughs> out. Right. Uh, but it, it's important. Right. So this is going to be a big part in this story. And immediately from birth, Esau's um, Isaac's favorite and Jacob is Rebecca's. Hmm. So, and, and that's going to be a, a tug there. Mm. So we'll see that kind of come into play a little bit later. And, and right off the bat, we see that Esau's not, does not have the leadership that God needs to move forward through these promises because he sells his birthright for a bowl of red stew. Mm. Lentil stew. I mean, terrible. No, you can keep your stew. (laughs) I'll starve. Thanks. So yeah, it's so, it's so funny. And at this time he's given the name Edom, which I just finished kind of doing a really cool study on the minor prophets. And that name is actually going to be magnified not only to his people, but to anyone that is an enemy of God and that the people of Edom are going to be judged fiercely. It Uh it tells us that in the minor prophets. So that one decision, man, that, that had some big consequences. And it's so funny because this is another theme that we've seen all the way through the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so he gave it up for a bowl of soup, but Mm -hmm. what did Eve sin for? That's true. Food. And I thought this was so interesting because we'll see it a couple other places in scripture, but the only time that we're, it's noted where someone is able to deny the temptation of food is Jesus, Jesus mm. in Luke four yeah. when he's being tempted. So wow. like you're saying, Jesus is the true and better. Yeah. And that I just, I, I thought that was so interesting. Only, I wonder 
why it's always food. That's interesting. I can relate. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so after spending three days with Erin, she can relate. That girl she, can. She looked at eat. me on stage and was like, You eat a lot. I'm like, I know. I'm constantly eating. Anyway, I don't hopefully the Lord will not test me in this way because man, you might over. be in trouble. Well, and then in Hebrews twelve, sixteen, it actually it says that giving up your your blessing for one lunch is likened to us rejecting the gift of inheritance and salvation. Mm. Wow. And so it seems small. It's a birthright. We don't get it because we don't live in that time. But mm-hmm. it would be like those who know of God, know of the blessings and mm-hmm. say, nope, not for me. Mm. So this was a major, major issue. Wow. Right. And so he just uh, and I love when I was reading and studying, it says his casual disregard for the birthright emphasizes he was not the man to mm-hmm. fulfill the blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was not the leader that they needed. So chapter 26, uh, this this just kind of keeps on going in the story where God instructs Isaac to remain in Canaan despite the famine. So so, again, it doesn't quite make sense, but God reiter- reiterates a covenant promise and, and says, no, listen, I've got you. Mm-hmm. Just do what, do what I tell you. So, I mean, that's my words, not God's, right? But <laughs> something along yeah. the lines. Yeah, yeah. But just like Abraham, again, this is another really cool mirroring mm-hmm. moment. The purity of the line is compromised or mm. potentially open for compromising when he lies about Rebecca being his wife, which I just, mm. this is not a common thing I see these days. Oh, my but gosh. <laughs> like, didn't couldn't he have learned from his dad? That's what yeah. I was thinking. And as I was reading about this, I was like, wow, to me, that was a picture of like generational sin. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see this mirror over and over, like you said, with several different things, it's just this, this generational sin that's so hard to get out of. And I Mm -hmm. see it with my kids. There's times that they do things and I'm like, no, no, that's me. That's me. And Mm -hmm. I don't want you to live in the same sin that I have struggled with. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. And I think it's funny, too, that someone saw Isaac acting flirty. They were like, no, 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 that's not your sister. I saw you. Right. And so. Um, Called him out. He's like, no, 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 that, you don't do that with a sister. And so anyways, uh, God showed favor to Isaac through this. And God threatened the, the people who were, you know, trying to mess with mm-hmm. Rebecca. He was saying anyone who violates this marriage will will basically be killed right mm-hmm. he threatens death but he but he also promises um the blessing here that he he gives is is really unique because it's like hey those that are going to mess up the line are going to be cursed but mm-hmm. those who fulfill the line are going to be blessed mm-hmm. which we don't know what that means or mm-hmm. if we're in this time period we don't know what that means right but we can look back and say the line of isaac is in a very important line mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so. good that's good Okay, um, so then Isaac has to fight over some wells. It's all kind of confusing. They just they, there's a lot of of people just mm-hmm. sinful people yeah. right fighting over him, and so he ends up landing in the same spot that Abraham landed mm-hmm. years before. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, so cool. cool. This just these little nuggets that that's mm-hmm. why you got to really d- dig in because if you just read it once, you're gonna miss Why-bit it. Biblical literacy is important. That's yeah. it. We'll say it every episode. That's <laughs> it. Um, so Isaac makes a covenant of peace with. Abimelech. Abimelech. See, I don't, yeah, whatever, that guy's name. And as a result of him seeing this, he says, listen, plainly that the Lord has been with you. Mm -hmm. And so Abraham made a very similar covenant in the past, but it's cool that the outsiders who aren't of God are like, man, there's something special here and I can see it. So because Mm of that, I'm going to let you have peace because I don't want to mess with your God. (laughs) Right. They're fearing the Lord too. Yeah. So, um, 
after making this treaty, and what's really cool is when that treaty of peace is made, that's when water appeal appears mm. in his well that he mm. had dug, mm. which was really, really neat. And there's cool, um, there, there's significance behind the different names of the wells, mm-hmm. but maybe you can go do that research on yes. your own. Good. Yes. Challenge them. Figure like out like what that means and why. Uh, but yeah, so he w- so so when we're digging empty wells, sometimes it can be we're digging in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really taken that in yet. And so I think God sometimes is purposely saying, no, I'm not going to give you water. You need to be in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, for years, I, I was moving up the ladder at HEB and it was making sense. And I was going to be Mrs. HEB. That was like my <laughs> mission. And, and I... Uh, doors were closing that nobody could explain that mm-hmm. I couldn't explain. I was working hard. The people who were responsible for hiring were even like, we don't know. We just felt like we should go in a different direction. Mm. It was, it was oh, weird. And tough. I now know, man, God would did not want me to dig, dig my well there. Mm-hmm. There was so much more he had in store for me. Mm-hmm. But at the time, man, that's tough. So yeah. look at the wells you're digging. Are they not fruitful? Maybe you need to move, mm. make a change towards faith. So it's a good word. Yeah. I can relate to that right now. okay so the chapter ends kind of noting that esau has taken on wives from from a group of people that worship false gods so this is going to lead to lots of problems Mm -hmm. again as we're going to see way down even into the prophets this is a problem they're going to stray away from their god as we move through this so we're about to kind of come to the end of isaac if you will so this is sort of beginning the next stage Mm -hmm. And I love this because it just kind of bookend my personal story, which I'll kind of relate to at the end, but back with sacrificing it all. So we've seen the sacrifice. We've seen it play out. And so we're going to jump in right at the beginning. And it describes Isaac as old and blind, which most people think of as just not being able to see physically. But what's also cool is one of my notes said that he was also blind to God's plan Mm. and that this was intentional because if he had known the plan – he might have tried, just like Abraham. Mm-hmm. We talked about in Abraham's section, maybe he would have tried to sin mm. and manipulate it yeah. because Jacob wasn't his favorite. He liked mm. Esau better. Yeah. Mm. So I thought That's that was good. really interesting note that maybe that, that blind might be more than we read it for. So Isaac is asking Esau to go hunt some good game. I thought that was funny. Get me the good stuff. Not, <laughs> not just the Give me some good game and prepare a meal. He says in verse 4, it says, so that I may bless you before I die. And this was something I found to be really interesting, that the Hebrew word for bless is Barak, right? And like the Barack Obama. That's yes. what I was thinking exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not spelled that way, but it is pronounced That's how that you way. Say it. Yes. And the firstborn is Bekorah. And so there's they're very related. And yeah. so the what's interesting is that is that even in the language at this time, the mm. two things go together. Mm-hmm. Firstborn and blessing. Interesting. So this story is going to be massive yeah. because it's really it, even the language it. they said no 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 these things are one yeah. and the same. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that cool? Yes. So so Rebecca overhears this story, those women, man. And so she decides that she doesn't like this. So she says, "Hey Jacob, I want you to dress up with goat skin so that you feel hairy because mm-hmm. we know he's hairy, right? And I want you to bring food to your father in place of Esau." And her her initiation, I thought this was interesting. Um, when I was reading through it, it says that Rebecca's initiation mitigates but does not remove guilt from Jacob. Mm-hmm. Which I, I've always just, you know, blamed Jacob because I don't like, I mean, lying's an issue for me. Mm-hmm. So I, but, I mean, Rebecca had some mm-hmm. major yeah. play in this yeah. as well. Yeah. So that was interesting, huh? Yeah. Something um, to sit on. 
I wonder how old they are, too, at this point. Mm. It's not like a kid where the mom's telling the right. child to do something. Right. Like, they're probably adults. I would, yeah. So I would think so. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And what's, what's crazy is she says, listen, I'm even willing to be cursed in place of Jacob. I will mm. take your curse because I want you to do this. Right? Which is just, I mean, I get that as a mom, though. Right, yeah. You know, but I'm, but, but this is kind of. Don't sin in place. Mm. Don't don't put your child above right. of yeah. obeying God. Yeah. But she did it anyways. And so Jacob blatantly lies to his dad. And he lies to his dad more than once. So it wasn't just once, just kind of get it over with. He says more than one time that, yes, I am in fact Esau and he's not. And Isaac continues with the blessing. And the blessing goes way past just materialistic things, including universal sovereignty and power over Esau. So this echoes the blessing given to Abraham by mm-hmm. God in mm-hmm. twelve three, Right? Th- this sounds very similar. It's not the same words, but you're going to see that come up over and over again yeah. if you keep going past Genesis. The same kind of verbiage is coming up. So this is a big blessing. And Esau hears, and understandably so, is not happy and very and just enraged and wants to kill his brother. Another thing we've seen a lot in Genesis, yeah, right, crazy. is brother mm-hmm. on brother yeah. murder. And yeah. this continues on, too, in, in other chapters. It's mm-hmm. just family tension. Man, yeah. family drama was happening way back yeah. in Genesis. So <laughs> it's not a new thing. No, be surprised. It makes me feel better about myself, right? <laughs> no, but uh, so it, it, it was a bad issue. And so... Even, th- but what's funny is he gets so mad, but he doesn't even acknowledge the fact that he first gave up yeah. his birthright for right. soup. Yeah. So yes, he was wronged, but I mean, he wasn't exactly right. living up to what he should do either. So, mm. wh- uh, so he he's angry. He goes to Isaac, and Isaac indicates that eventually Esau will will basically be able to come out from under his brother's rule. But there's going to be this time where he is going to have to serve mm-hmm. Jacob. And so whenever Rebecca, again, probably overhearing, because she probably was just nosy. She seems like <laughs> that a little bit. Creeping. Creeping. Yeah. I mean, I'd be around too, right? You want to see it all go down. But oh, yeah. So she realizes that Esau wants to kill Jacob and encourages Jacob to flee and run. And so the curse, I kind of wondered, what is this curse? Because to me, the justice person in me is like, well, Rebecca needs to, mm-hmm. I she mean. needs to pay. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't ever see it. Yeah. Right, but when I dug through it, the curse for Rebecca is separation from her son, mm. who she loved the most. Right, he was gone, mm. and as we know, as mamas, all you want is your babies mm. to be with you forever. Mm. So this, that really was a big curse, um, and but but so we're gonna we're gonna land there. Looking forward, you know, you're gonna move on to Jacob, but Jacob did not earn this massive role by mm. moral righteousness. Mm-hmm. This was not something that he earned. It's the mercy and election God gave mm. him mm-hmm. with this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So the, the the there's no way that I love how God continually chooses broken people. Mm-hmm. Always. All throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's all broken people. It is. It's crazy. Him. And it really helps us in our position a lot because we're broken yeah. people. Yeah. And so yeah. That gives us um, a little bit of hope <laughs> or a, a lot of bit of hope. Yeah. And it's I think it's just, again, drawing the parallel to Jesus that it's not anything like he didn't earn that favor. Right. But he was still given it just like yeah. we don't earn our favor with mm-hmm. God. And like you're mm-hmm. saying, that's Jesus that we're get get to earn. You know what I'm saying. We know what you're saying. <laughs> I think also yes. there's a second piece of it, too, where if someone was very morally righteous and never had a fall, we might try to elevate that person mm-hmm. up into God. And there's a video that I have given to them. They're going to link to it. Mm-hmm. And it is it is by Tim Keller. It's super short. I think it's maybe five minutes. And it goes through all the big pinnacle Bible 
characters that we elevate and how Jesus is the truer and better Isaac, mm-hmm. truer and better David, mm-hmm. truer and better all of these different people. And he's the truer and better us today, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we elevate other people, but maybe we also elevate ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a really good job, so I've earned my right. spot here. Yeah. And the truth is we've earned absolutely nothing yeah. but death. Yep. So, um, so, so God is mysterious in his sovereignty as Isaac blesses Jacob. And Isaac blesses Jacob despite not because of mm-hmm. the manipulations. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important to note, too, because mm-hmm. some people might go, oh, well, if I sin, God's still going to work it out. Mm -hmm. Use it as an excuse. Use it as an excuse. And one of my favorite things I've learned in residency, just in learning more about biblical theology is the story of Esther and kind of God basically tells her, listen, this is going to happen either way. Yeah. Yep. You get to choose if you're going to be a part of it or not. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. (laughs) God's name is not even mentioned in that book. It's crazy. But it's, it's for me, whenever I sit there and I think about it, I think, man, I want to be I wanna in be on God's in. mission. Yes. Yep. And so thank you, God, for letting of, us be yes. a part of it. Thank yep. you. Yes. Despite of our sins, not because of them, mm-hmm. God's going to move. Mm. Leave with that. Don't leave with go lying and manipulating yeah. to get what you want because <laughs> yeah. ultimately you are going to be cursed for it. We're going to see Jacob does suffer in mm-hmm. some ways because of this decision. So mm-hmm. God can use even the worst sin in our lives to redeem. Mm-hmm. And as we're going to see, Jacob's story is one of redemption that's unlike any other story. Mm-hmm. He's redeemed in his name, yeah. right? Everything about him is redeemed. And mm-hmm. so to kind of bookend just for me personally, how this all kind of came to fruition. I have a a really great group of women that we do an accountability group with. So this group is only for, (laughs) go back and listen to the accountability episode. Sorry, plug there. But but I have a group of women. There's there's five of us in it. And the only reason we're there is to grow. We don't talk about what we're doing well. We just talk about our struggles Mm. and how we can get better. And it's, I've never been in anything like it. It's so fun and so cool. And we just dive and push. And as they're pushing me and pushing me, um, my my story involves a lot of just covering up hurts and pains with food mm-hmm. and gaining a lot of weight. I have now overcome that that food issue, but I'm still left with all this weight. And they're diving and they're pushing into me and they're saying, hey, what is the deal here? What's going on? And I said, well, you know what? I believe, I, I work in care ministry. I love helping people from broken places be redeemed. And I believe God can redeem the worst of our sins. But if I was being honest, I did not believe that God could redeem what I had done to my body. Mm. He cannot do it. And I was placing God in this tiny, tiny box. Mm. And uh, I do a word every year. And and God just laid it on my heart big that this year my word was transformed to redeem. Mm. And uh, and so I'm and to say that out loud is really hard. And I've shared that with certain people. And now I'm putting it out there for everyone <laughs> to hear that I believe that God can redeem even me mm. because he redeemed Jacob yes. mm-hmm. and he redeemed Isaac and he redeemed Abraham, who mm-hmm. all all were not worthy for mm-hmm. the job and the task that God had gifted them. Mm. And so it was really cool for me to kind of read from the God telling me, I want you to be willing to be willing to sacrifice it yeah. all that we saw in, in chapter 22 and in 27, which was even when you fall Mm. and you're not sacrificing like you should, I can still redeem Mm. that message for you and I can still use you to spread the gospel. Oh, that's so good. Hannah. Beautiful. That is so good. I I think that's such a great point is that a lot of times we think of like what you're saying, like God can heal that person. God Mm -hmm. can do that. God can do that. But then we forget like, he can heal me too. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you for that. Somebody definitely needed to hear that. Including yeah. myself. <laughs> I thought you were looking at me because you no. know I need to hear it too. 
No, Listen, we one. all, we all, and what's cool, so we talked about that at one of the accountability groups, and the next week, everyone was saying, you struggle, struggle, and I said, do you believe God can redeem that? And yeah. it was mm. every single woman in that room had something yeah. that yeah. they thought, yeah, he can fix this and that, but this is too yeah. deep-rooted, yeah. so wow. we're all right there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming yes, on the show again you. with us. Thank and I have a you. feeling we'll probably have you on again. Yeah, because this isn't the last time you've heard from <laughs> Hannah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you all. You know what? Here's here's what I'll tell you. And just in the name of honesty, I, I was not a woman that liked reading scriptures for a long time. Mm-hmm. It felt like a chore. It felt like a task. I love reading. Uh, but this was intimidating. And when I what what really helped me was not only my residency, but also man, when you find something that can help explain it, mm. it might be a mm. podcast, maybe mm-hmm. it's a commentary, when you have something and then you get to go back and say, oh my gosh, these two Hebrew words uh-huh. are the same yeah. almost. Yes. Yes. Right? When you start to un- under- uncover those things, you realize, man, God is so deeper than we mm-hmm. even know and we yeah. understand. And so I am right there with y'all who might be saying, Hannah, look at you, you know everything. How'd you get all this from Isaac? Let me tell you, it wasn't A, without health, mm. and B, it's been a long journey to come. Mm. And now I... I I have fallen in love with reading scriptures. Ah, that's so encouraging. I've got chills. I love it. So much. Awesome. Thank you, Hannah. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.